You're, You're listening, listening to, to Death, Death Metal, Metal Disco. Disco. Greetings, 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 my devoted listeners, and my non-devoted listeners, and just anybody who happens to come across this. Hello and good day, or good evening, good night, whatever. I don't know what time you're listening to this. Welcome to the Death Metal Disco, uh, a podcast where I, James, your host, talk about Really, just whatever the hell pops into this adorable little brain of mine. And adorable, I mean moderately disturbed and often twisted, if you ask anyone I've uh, apparently ever dated. So, that is the thing. And welcome, and I appreciate you all. I apologize for excessive mouth noise, as it were. It's a little early, and I'm, I'm... I. Don't know if I have a cold or what allergy. It's stupid. I'm stuffy. I hate it. Snotty. It's making me sad. And right now it's currently snowing. It is the morning of Christmas Eve, uh, 2023. And it's snowing. uh, It snowed overnight. And it's snowing like mad right now. It's supposed to stop around 11, I think. Which is cool. Because I have to leave the house this afternoon to go to my aunt's house. (sighs) <sighs> to do Christmas Eve things. She's keeping it small, so we'll see. Anyway, I hope that uh, this Christmas, whenever you're listening to this episode, I hope that this Christmas was good for you. If you don't do Christmas, I don't really give a shit. Um, I don't quote-unquote do Christmas for the reason for the season nonsense, but um, I hope that whatever holidays, if any, you celebrate, or if you don't, I hope I hope this time of year is just good for you because for a lot of people it's not and I get it and it, it used to not be good for me it used to be sad I used to get jealous um, I try really hard to not let that happen now um, being alone all the time these are the, the time of this is the time of year that uh, it's a little more challenging because you see all the happy family coupley shit and that gets old. And uh, the last time I think I had anybody at Christmas time was in 2021. And it was cold shoulder week. And it was awful. And she was carrying my child. But that's a long story that I think I've probably talked about. And I'm not going to talk about it again. So anyway, welcome to the Death Metal Disco Podcast. So I know this season three has been lackluster as far as the number of episodes and the quality thereof. And I apologize for that. It has been a busy year. And uh, this is my... Come on, Loki. (laughs) Uh, I blocked my cat's um, access to my desk. And I feel bad. And instead of getting up to move the thing that I blocked it with, I just she just jumped up here. So she's a ninja. So everybody say hi to Loki. Loki, you can say hi whenever. Um, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, yeah. The season. 
So this will be episode number nine. Coming out on Christmas Day when nobody will listen because they're busy doing Christmas things. And that's fine. I don't care. Uh, as you can tell, <laughs> I just don't give a fuck. Um, I'm going to try and knock out four episodes this week and get them put out this week. Uh, just to make it so I put out 12 episodes within this year and this season, I'll call it a wrap. Not on this podcast, but just on this year. I'm going to try and do try and do 12 episodes um, for season four. Make it a, like a once a month. Once a month. Oh, my God. Once a month. I'm going to try and make it a once a month thing release. Uh, maybe I'll even make them cooler. I'm going to fucking try. God damn it. I've had dreams about the podcast. And uh, specifically, I've had two dreams about the same guest that everybody in the fucking world knows and the episode with that guest was like I just randomly emailed their their people and said hey I do this little podcast that like fewer than a hundred people listen to on a regular basis and I make no money off of it and I don't promote it because I'm terrible at life and I just talk about random shit would you like to be on it? Because, you know, I just like, I can talk to anybody about anything and I'd like to talk to you about movies or music or whatever. And they said yes and uh, had them on. And it was, I've had two dreams about it now. And the first one was very detailed. The second one wasn't as detailed, but I remember both of them. Um, so I'm actually going to try and make that happen. Just, just to see, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I'm actually going to try and and see if that happens because, I mean, the guests that I've had on are just friends of mine and, you know, not like people that every single person on the planet knows exists. Uh, but this one, this one everybody knows exists and uh, why not? And it wasn't for any marketing for me, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't, this would be, you know, Aim for the stars, and if you miss, you still land on the moon. I don't remember how that goes. Anyway, I'm going to give it a shot, but welcome to the Death Metal Disco. I'm rambling. I haven't even had caffeine yet. I'm just stuffy. I don't know, and Loki's here judging me, and she's just judging, because that's what she does. So, this episode... We're going to talk about The Exorcist Believer because, you know, I'm really Johnny on the spot when it comes to reviews of movies, as you can tell by putting out reviews of movies that have come out in August and September, like this one. Uh, and it's now December, four months. God damn, my cat's cute. Just standing here, letting me pet her face. She's just so cute. If you're not sure about how cute she is, go to my Instagram, uh, Death Metal Disco Pod, I think is what it is. Let her woo you. All right, so The Exorcist Believer. Um, this is like the first real sequel to The Exorcist that we've had in a very long time. I didn't look to see when the last actual Exorcist movie came out. There's been tons of Exorcism movies, but um, the last 
exorcism movie that I actually liked was, I believe, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which was cool as shit. I dug that one a lot. Um, most of the exorcism movies I don't... I don't care about. Exorcist Believer. The trailer had me pretty hyped, which I try to take with a grain of salt because sequels for franchises from a very long time ago, generally speaking, don't hold up. Uh, people get too much expectation in their heads, including myself, and you get let down ultimately is what it is. And, you know, I don't like that. And I've talked about it before with like Telluride and the other horror film festivals is I just don't like to have an expectation. So that way the disappointment is genuine. It's not built on an expectation. Um, yeah. So there was a little bit of that with this one. But I will say I didn't hate it. I actually enjoyed for the most part. I enjoyed it for the most part. I dug the storyline. I, I, I really did by this point. I think anybody who's listening to this has probably watched it. Um, they had a lot of mixed reviews by people. Um, some people absolutely hated it. And I can see why. Uh, some people loved it. I can see why. I'm, I'm kind of like right in the middle. Like I could have gone either way. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It had a lot of potential. I think it missed the mark on a few things. But I think, I think it was good for being a sequel um as far as the exorcist true exorcist movies it's probably my second or third favorite out of them honestly um probably one three this one if i had to put it in order uh i dug the storyline a lot i'm not going to get into the details just in case anybody hasn't seen it but what i did like was uh the demon possessor was essentially the same or connected to the OG from the original and uh, made references thereof to Ellen Burstyn, which was crazy. Like, that was cool. I dug that a lot. Um, you know, talking about Reagan and shit and how Reagan's still with them and blah, blah, blah. And that, that, was, that was cool. It was delightfully creepy, delightfully evil. Um, the cast was really, really good. The two girls that play the the victims, the possessed, they were both really, really good. Uh, what I didn't know, and my friend Michelle told me about, is that uh, the whole cast is basically like Broadway, Broadway musical stars, and uh, I think the the main the main dad in it. I, I recognized him. I can't remember his name. I didn't look it up. I recognized him, and there were, you know, a couple other people that I recognized in it, but uh, the whole, the girls and most everybody else is like, they're from Broadway productions. I could actually believe that pretty easily because the way I felt about this one was that it could be moved to the theater relatively easily, uh, for better or worse. Um, I think the girls did a, a really good job in their pre-possession and possession modes. They acted, they did the creepy thing super, super good. They did the possessed thing very, very well. Granted, you know, you get all the voice effects and yada, yada, yada in there, and it is what it is, but they did, uh, I don't know, I think they did the originals justice. I think 
were as close to Linda Blair in the originals as any possession movie. Um, Cause I think she kind of set the bar for what a possessed kid is going to act like when it's, you know, quote unquote, truly possessed. What I didn't like about the movie. Um, they, they didn't really focus on the, the transition of the possession or much of the possession. It was like, you know, okay. So what happened was the girls disappeared for three days and then they came back and Oh shit, something's wrong. And then all of a sudden they're cut up and fucked up and they say shit. That is crazy. That's there you go. That's the story. There wasn't really any focus on that. There was this like two families and it was a focus on the familial drama. There was some good character development on those families and a couple of the outside parties for those families, like the nurse. Uh, There's a priest that didn't want to get involved. Um, it, there was There was a decent amount of character development for some of these other people, but I think probably to get it into the time frame they wanted to make it so it wasn't stupid long, uh, they had to trim the fat. And I think, unfortunately, and I don't know this to be true, I haven't seen like an extended director's cut or anything like that, but I think they got rid of some of the stuff that makes a possession movie cool, quote-unquote. They, you know, they they had some of that, oh, shit, evil kids stuff happening, but it wasn't it wasn't anything like in the exorcist you you got to watch fucking reagan just be absolutely fucked and just terrible and these girls you know they had a couple of scenes where oh god they're you know strapped to beds and blah 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 but really it wasn't it wasn't anything bad like it wasn't it wasn't what i expected it to be it wasn't what i thought it would be where it's these two girls are just getting absolutely owned from the inside out um it was like we're gone we're back shit's wrong and now it's really wrong and then oh hey we're here to help that's kind of how it went down the interpersonal drama within the families they focused on that a lot which wasn't bad um I think that helped make it more like like a family thriller drama than anything. Granted, it was still it still had some scary jump scare shit. Um a couple jump scares got me. There was actually I don't remember that that movie or something else, but there were there were some good jump scares in there. Most of it was predictable. A lot of the shit that made the movie um what it was was actually shown in the trailer, which sucks. And that's something I hate, whether it's a uh, horror movie or an action movie, which with action movie, it doesn't happen so often. But when it's horror movies or even comedy movies where it's, you know, pretty, pretty brutal comedy, uh, where they take all the, the good stuff, like, and they put all of it into the trailer and then the rest of the movie doesn't have anything that you haven't already seen. Uh, I don't like that. I don't think most people do it because if you've seen the trailer, which if you go to the movies a lot, maybe you see the same trailer four or five times before you get around to seeing the movie, which is what happened with me seeing this is I've seen the at least the first trailer four or five times. And then I think right before, right before it came out and we saw it, we see like the second trailer, which 
really didn't have anything new or different from the first one. It was just reordered. Um, I don't know. It just, it could have been better. Um, it, I'm glad it wasn't worse because I didn't hate it. Like I said, it, it was what it was. It was what I would have, it was honestly kind of what I expected. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Um, and it wasn't a total letdown because after seeing the trailer, I was like, hell yeah, they're bringing back Ellen Burstyn. That's fucking sweet. Uh, yeah, it's worth a watch. If you're a fan of the exorcist movies and story, at least check it out. Speaking of Ellen Burstyn, um, I kind of thought she would have more involvement. She, she had a good amount of involvement. She gets taken out of the picture per se, uh, about a quarter of the way through. Uh, but for being 91 years old and I didn't realize she was quite that old, but it makes sense for being 91 years old. Uh, she did enough at first. I was like, damn, they should have had her in there more or doing more like heroic shit. Um, but yeah, she's 91 fucking years old. So I guess, guess not. And I should have known that cause she was in the age of Adeline as Adeline when she's old. And, uh, yeah, which age of Adeline is a great movie. I like age of Adeline, I guess. So anyway, um, the exorcist believer, I, I, you know, I, I dug it, I guess. Uh, not a lot, not something that I'm like, hell yeah, let's watch it again. But, uh, it definitely wasn't bad. So I don't, I would recommend it to anybody who's like, oh, I don't know if I should watch it. Just fucking watch it. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna hurt anything. If anything, you'll either like it or you won't. So I'm in the middle. Speaking of the exorcist, and I did not realize this till I was looking at stuff for this episode. Um, I knew it came out in 73. What I did not know is that it came out the day after Christmas in 1973. That being said, happy 50th fucking birthday to The Exorcist. It's the movie that fucking shocked everybody back in the fucking day. Now, not so much. Everybody is so, 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 so desensitized to, you know, uh the type of horror that possession movies have that it's no big deal. Most of the time, super religious folks, maybe, uh, but you know, some, I know some people that just don't get down on possession movies and that's fine. I get it. I don't blame anybody for not, not being into horror in any way, shape or form. Um, and possession specifically. Cause that, you know, that's, that could be a little bit close to home, especially when, People are acting a fool these days, so... But 50 fucking years. 50 years old, this movie is. And, you know, I've had friends that are like, yeah, I made my kid watch The Exorcist thinking it would scare the shit out of him like it did me or my mom or whatever. And they laughed because, you know, everybody's so desensitized to shit. I did also come across an article. Um, it was a Business Insider article that was posted the uh, day before yesterday. And it was... Uh, I don't know if it was an interview they did or was referencing an interview she did, Linda Blair, about The Exorcist because it's the 50th anniversary of its release. Um, and she says it's not a horror movie. It's a religious thriller. Well, here's the fun fact about religious thrillers. Uh, when they have that much split pea soup vomit and, uh, you know, crucifix masturbatory 
let Jesus fuck me type of shit, that's a horror movie. So, Linda Blair, I love you, and you're adorable, and it was nice to see your interview back in the day at the Mile High Horror Film Festival, but that's a fucking horror movie. So, call it what you want, but it's a fucking horror movie. Religious thriller horror movie. Sure. I think William Friedkin would beg to differ with you. Uh, They'll probably not beg. He'd just tell you you're wrong. However, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's the 50th birthday of The Exorcist. Happy birthday, Exorcist! So recently was the holiday of Thanksgiving here in the United States of America. And to celebrate, Eli Roth gave us the movie that we've been asking for for a very, very long time called Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving, there will be no leftovers. Based on the Grindhouse trailer that he put out, uh, I don't even remember what year it was, and I forgot to look. It's like 2005 or 2006. Um, I think whenever the Grindhouse movie um, came out with Grindhouse and... Uh, uh, fuck, I can't remember whenever it was. But, but the trailer, back in the day, <laughs> was fucking awesome. Total Grindhouse, you know, the turkey is done, uh, machete kills type of shit. Which was fucking awesome, and it was hilarious, and horror movie people were absolutely fucking make this shit happen, you know, begging for it, basically. And for whatever reason, it took forever for it to actually come out. Um, When, you know, he teased that he would actually do the movie. Uh, And with Eli Roth, it it can go, I don't know, it can go either way. So Eli Roth, if you don't know did Cabin Fever, and I loved the original Cabin Fever. Uh, I don't think I saw the sequels, but then he remade Cabin Fever himself. Same, I never did watch the remake, but uh, I couldn't bring myself to, why would you fucking remake, why would you remake your own your own movie, like, within a pretty close time frame to when you did the original, so, I don't know, I don't know the whole story behind that, but whatever. Eli Roth was great as the Jew bear in Inglorious Bastards. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what else he's directed. Uh, Green Inferno. Green Inferno was fucking brutal. It was a love letter to the old cannibal Holocaust and cannibal Fero. You know, we found a undiscovered tribe in the Amazon and we're going to go say hello to them and then they're going to eat us shit from back in the 70s. Uh, it was a more modern version. It's like, ah, oh, we're college students. Let's go do whatever the fuck we want. That was great. That came out in like 2013, maybe 14. I think 2013. Saw it at the Stanley Film Festival. Um, delightfully gory and brutal. Uh, yeah, but he he does horror movie. He does it well. He had that show, uh, Masters of Horror, I think is what it was. I don't think I ever saw it. I don't have like a Shutter subscription. I think that's what it was on. But then he did shit like Knock Knock which came out in 2016, I think, 2015 or 2016. And Keanu Reeves was, you know, riding the John Wick hype, which I love Keanu Reeves. I think the guy is a just, if everything that you ever read or hear about Keanu Reeves is correct, then he is probably the coolest, nicest, most humble person ever to grace the big screen. And I hope that all of that is true and I never hear anything bad about him either in his existence or post-mortem because uh, that will break my heart. Um, 
But anyway, knock, knock. That movie's fucking terrible. I might have to watch it again because maybe, maybe I missed some shit that actually made it less stupid than I think it is. Um, but if you haven't seen Knock Knock, two girls show up at Keanu Reeves' beautiful house because I, I think he's an architect in that movie. If I'm not sure, if I'm not mistaken, I think he runs an architect firm and he's home alone. His family's like out of town or something for the weekend. Um, and these two very attractive young ladies, Ana de Armas, and I don't remember the other girl's name. She was one of the girls from Green Inferno, uh, the lead chick from Green Inferno. They show up at his house. I want to say it was rainy or something, saying their car broke down. Anyway, you know, it's like one of those male fantasy things where, oh, two random stranded beautiful girls show up to my house and I get to have all the sex and blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, it goes terribly wrong. Um and it it's just stupid, like dumb. I will say, I will say, at least the girls were cute, because Ana de Armas is adorable, and I I think she's actually beautiful. But uh, the the premise is just just stupid. Like uh, you have to watch it, because like Chris, he actually thinks it's it's a a good movie. I I just don't. I don't know. I definitely don't know how it got a theatrical release other than the fact that it was Keanu Reeves. That is the only reason I can think that it ever got a theatrical release. Other than that, that movie is just stupid. But that was done by Eli Roth. So I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. Like Thanksgiving could go either way. Like super stoked about the original Grindhouse trailer. Then they come out with the movie and the new trailer for the movie is not Grindhouse, which... I'm actually glad about because I was like, yeah, I, Grindhouse is cool and all, but eh, let's 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 do a serious horror movie. Well, you know, at least serious production of a horror movie. Um, so I'm glad they actually changed that up. And to be honest, Thanksgiving was fucking great. Loved it. Fucking great. It was so delightfully campy in spots and humorous. The the humor was great and dark. Um, the cast was mostly unknown. I didn't know. Anybody of the younger people in the cast, which was mostly, you know, high school age. Well, I think they're older, but high school age is the characters. Um, some of the older folks who did Patrick Dempsey, uh, I think McDreamy from whatever that stupid medical show, quote unquote medical show. I don't even remember the name of it. I hated that show. I watched like two episodes and wanted to throw away my TV. Um, Patrick Dempsey, uh, Gina Gerson. It was nice to see that she's still alive. If I'm not mistaken, she's in her 60s. She still looks really good. She's still very pretty. I always thought she was beautiful back in the day. Um, I don't remember her being a good actress, but she was beautiful back in the day. I can't even remember the name of any movies from back in the day that I saw her in, but she I always thought she was one of those uh, just... She had that sex appeal thing. But anyway, she's in it. She didn't have that sex appeal this time. Um couple other people that I recognize from other movies, but I couldn't name any of them, and I didn't uh, didn't bother to look them up because you know I don't give a fuck. So if you if you're not familiar with Thanksgiving or if you haven't seen it, uh, the premise is basically Thanksgiving year. Um, a tragedy happens in this small town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, I believe, is where it takes place, and uh, they're like, oh no, and then a year later, people start dying. And that's, you know, it's like Halloween, except 
now it's Thanksgiving because that's how holidays work. So maybe we'll get an Easter. Um, actually, Easter would be kind of cool. A vicious Easter bunny. Maybe the same bunny from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That would be awesome. You got big pointy teeth. So like I said, uh, this movie, it had it seemed to have a pretty high production budget, and which was impressive, which is probably the reason they were able to not do Grindhouse. And like I said, I'm glad they didn't do Grindhouse. Grindhouse would have been cool just to keep that trailer, you know, the homage going, but... Uh, I'm glad they didn't. It was it was more modern and felt better. I think they'd get more people to watch it being non-Grindhouse. I think when you go with Grindhouse, you get more of the genre fans to it, which is cool if you're appealing to that audience. But I think you're going to bring in a bigger crowd when you have it not so specific. And not a lot of people don't do Grindhouse. They just don't because it's so Grindhouse-y. Uh, you know, machete uh, a lot of people didn't didn't even bother to watch it because just because they see the trailer, Machete kills. What the fuck? Machete kills again. Like that's a very specific genre style, and uh, not everybody's into it. And take it or leave it. Now, would it be cool if Roth did a version of Thanksgiving that is Grindhouse? Yes, that would be cool. Will it happen? Probably not. Why would you make two different versions of the same movie that are not just like edit versions? I don't know. But would it be cool? Yeah. I've completely detracted from what my stupid outline says I should be talking about. But anyway, uh, it was humorous. It had a semi-predictable... You, you you start to build up suspicion about who who is the bad guy and who is not the bad guy, but then it, it keeps you on your toes. It really does. They did a good job of making it not super apparent who the killer is, um, and it makes you wonder. Uh, I, I was pretty sure I knew who it was um, once it started going down and all that, but, uh, but anyway, uh, I really did like it, and I think... After all these years of people basically begging Roth to to get it made done, I think he get it made done, get it done. I think he did all of the horror movie fans, or even just the he did the horror fans specifically a solid. Um, I think he did anybody who can appreciate a fun horror movie. I think he did them. He did well by them. Um, I haven't heard anybody see it and say it was bad or that they didn't like it. People that aren't fans of of like the horror comedies or slasher films or anything like that, eh, they probably won't like it. But I mean, they're not fans of it, so why would they? Um, but I think I think for the people who saw the OG trailer and said, "Hey, that would be an awesome premise for a movie. You should do this." I think he did all of us uh, a, a solid by that. He didn't make another knock-knock. And for that, I say kudos, sir. Kudos. The bear Jew rides again. Um, I will say that the the character of the killer, I cannot for the remember. I don't remember the fucking character's name. He was an actual, you know, like one of the pilgrims. But they had a pilgrim mask with a hat and the whole thing. But the mask was, uh, 
it was cool. It was, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can call it original, but for a slasher killer. Yeah, that was, that was cool. And, uh, making it a pilgrim mask at the time of Thanksgiving in Plymouth, Massachusetts made us, it was like, everybody can have these masks potentially and everybody can be the killer. So that was, that was a nice little, a nice little touch. I dug that, you know, kind of like in the later scream sequels where now the ghost face killer mask is common and everybody knows it. So it's like sold in stores. So it's pretty common, but this was like just a normal mask that this dude just grabbed and now kills people while he wears it. Uh, I dug it. So Thanksgiving, see it if you can. Uh, it's, it's fun. If nothing else, it's fun. And with that, my friends, I'm going to wrap up this episode. I'm keeping these relatively short. Um, yeah. So happy Christmas. Happy Boxing Day in Canada. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy post Hanukkah. Uh, happy non-religious Tuesdays or whatever for any of you who uh, don't do any of that stuff, which is fine. Uh, I hope you all are doing well. I hope you're keeping warm. I hope... Uh, Somebody's letting you touch their naughty bits and vice versa. Just because that just needed to be said because I'm so alone. Anyway, I love you all. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you very, very, very soon. Be safe. And I love you all. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Death Metal Disco.